Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. My name is Erica, and I will be your host today. And joining me in the virtual studio is Doug, Tiffany, and Damien behind the scenes. Welcome, all. Hello. Hello. So, week 755 of... <laughs> the scandemic, pandemic, you know, the thing, the COVID-1984 continues on and on and on. So in an attempt to find yet another topic to talk about this week, we've decided on the politicization of science. And part of that topic was decided because of some recent articles, one being called Ionidis on the politicalization of science. And that was written by Edward Fesser on September 16th, uh, edwardfesser.blogspot.com. And just bringing attention to John Ionidis, um, he's a pretty well-known, influential writer, researcher, and um, he has uh, basically come out Again, talking about the scientific claims that are being made about the virus and the measures to take care of it. And he has been warning people that, uh, you know, <clears throat> this is just crazy times. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah. uh, for, for those of us on this show that read this day in and day out, we can kind of see the writing on the wall. But for others, this might be, you know, you might be new to all this and you can find yourself really at a loss on like who's who and why. And like we got guys like Bill Gates with no medical degree telling us that the, what we need to do. And then you got guys like Fauci, you know, who have notoriously um been involved with scaring the public for the last 40 years. And that started with the AIDS epidemic back in 1984. So uh, for those that want to go down a deep rabbit hole, I would recommend looking into the history of Fauci and how he, a lot of what he was doing, he was doing back in the eighties with HIV and it's almost word for word, you know, creating fear. Oh, it's going to spread on your fruits and vegetables. Oh, you'll get it from a drinking fountain. And here we are now in the midst of mass vaccination program and things are getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I seem to be getting better. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to be trusting the science. That's what all the pundits say. That's what all the scientists say. That's what the government say. We're going to trust the science. We're going to look at the science on this. But if, like uh, Ionidas says, am I saying his name right? John I think, but yeah. Ionidas. Yeah. Well, he published a paper in 2005, and it was titled Why Most Published Research, Research Findings Are False. So that was even before COVID, obviously, 2005. Mm -hmm. But now it seems like the whole scientific arena has just become something so muddled, so contradictory, so incendiary it's divisive and people are being sl split apart like on one hand you have what people consider like the real scientific method and on the other hand you have like people just trusting what people who claim to be scientists say 
So it's just real, really a confusing time. But the thing that um, Ionidas, <laughs> Ionidas says is that uh, science should be skeptical. It should be disinterested. It should not be politicized at all. Mm -hmm. But what we have in this COVID crazy clown world is just the opposite, where nothing makes sense. You really can't trust any science. And it's so hard to, well, not that hard if you put a little effort into it, but it takes effort to get at the truth and yeah. really figure out what science you should trust and what science and scientists you should just kick to the curb. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the big problems is people's access to science because it's mm -hmm. kind of like it, very, very few people out there are actually reading the science you know, and going mm -hmm. to the science. I actually hate that term, the science, but I'll use it just for <laughs> convenience. But, you know, it's, it's that the problem is that the filter through which people are getting access to the science, because basically what people are doing is they're not, they're not trusting the science. They're trusting what the mainstream media and what politicians are telling them the science says, right? Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, when you actually have scientists who aren't on CNN or being quoted in the Washington Post, or whatever the case may be, um, like independent scientists who are coming out and saying, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about this, their voices get silenced, right? They're, they're, um, if they're not towing the line, if they're not um, saying what uh, official science is saying, then they get attacked, they get smeared, and they get silenced. You know, in some cases on social media, they get banned. Um, so it's it's like... There's, there's a control of the information. I mean, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the show, the, when we first started you know, doing our radio shows way back, that uh, the information that people have access to is filtered. You know, it's filtered through um, these official channels. Mm -hmm. And you know, people get all worked up, and, and anybody who isn't you know, uh, supporting the official science is just immediately termed a science denier, uh, a Luddite. You don't believe in science. You're just a caveman. It's just, it's ridiculous. So I think that the, the big problem is that, you know, th they give this impression that science is this monolithic thing. It's like they've made all the discoveries that they need to make, and this is what science says. Science says this. When in reality, science is not like that at all. It's completely amorphous. It's constantly changing. One person discovers one thing. Scientists are arguing with each other about how these uh, interpret these uh, results should be interpreted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not. There isn't a monolithic science that tells us everything that we need to know. It's really. It's always changing, constantly. So, th this idea that there is the science trademark is just a complete fallacy. It do that doesn't actually exist. And I think more than anything, we're seeing glaring conflicts of interest. You know, again, we've been talking about this, as you said, Doug, from the beginning of our show. Like, how is it that a company like Pfizer has the last word on everything and everyone trusts them now after their history of just massive death, you know, idiotic death, um, paying out billions in 
you know, reparations or whatever you want to call it for medical interventions gone severely wrong. And, you know, all of a sudden now everyone's bowing at the altar of Pfizer being the savior to everyone, you know, so it's just, it's so obvious. And, and we see this a lot in social media, whereas you were saying people get banned, like small little guys that are coming out saying, well, maybe this is something to consider. And, you know, they're taken off platforms, they are demonized. And a lot of them are having their careers completely destroyed. And, um, you know, Dr. Robert Malone, who has been making the rounds in alternative media, just talking about his concerns about mRNA technology in general, basically came out and said, you got to have the red bag- badge of courage. Like you, if you want to sleep at night and you know something's wrong, you got to share it, you know? So there are people like that, but, you know, he's being demonized. His Wikipedia ch- page was changed. You know, there be it's like they're being memory hold from history mm-hmm. about coming out and saying just what you said, Doug, that there are some serious questions that need to be addressed that aren't being addressed. Mm-hmm. And this and that- Robert Malone is a scientist himself. Mm-hmm. He actually invented the mRNA vaccine <laughs> technology yeah. that was mm-hmm. in the vaccines. And all of a sudden, he's persona non grata now, where before he was a respected member of the scientific community. It just doesn't make any sense on a logical level. But we're not living in a logical world right now. Yeah. And you see a lot of these doctors, like even Dr. Yeaton that we've talked about, where they when before they even say anything, the first thing they say is, I am pro-vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- so it's almost like they know they have to preface what they're going to tell you with the fact that they're not an anti-vaxxer. Like, how did that come in to be? So, you know, hi, my name is so and so and I'm pro vaccine, but I do yeah. have <laughs> some questions, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in uh, Ioannidis's uh, article, which is incidentally, it's called How the Pandemic is Changing the Norms of Science. Um. I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs here because I I thought it was really interesting. He says, the pandemic led seemingly overnight to a scary new form of scientific universalism. Everyone did COVID-19 science or commented on it. By August 21st, by by August, sorry, by August 2021, 330,000 scientific papers were published on COVID-19 involving roughly a million different authors. An analysis showed that scientists from every single one of the 174 disciplines that comprise what we know as science has published on COVID-19. By the end of 2020, only automobile engineering didn't have scientists publishing on COVID-19. By early 2021, the automobile engineers had their say too. At first sight, Mm -hmm. this was an unprecedented mobilization of interdisciplinary talent. However, most of this work was of low quality, often wrong, and sometimes highly misleading. Many people without subject matter technical expertise became experts overnight, emphatically saving the world. As these spurious experts multiplied, evidence-based approaches like randomized trials and collection of more accurate, unbiased data were frequently dismissed as inappropriate, too slow, and harmful. This, the disdain for reliable studies, study designs was even celebrated. So, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of really good points in that essay. It's worth reading in its entirety for sure. But um, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like what you see with like any kind of trendy thing. It's like everybody jumps on the bandwagon and they just dilute it and dilute it and dilute it um, until 
what you're left with is just a bunch of crap. Like, and mm-hmm. you just have to sift through so much garbage to be able to find anything reliable. And, you know, the average individual doesn't have the scientific background to be able to really determine what, what is being, um, you know, how to interpret what they're seeing. Um, so you kind of have to rely on experts. But when you've got 330,000 people who are apparently experts and they're all saying something different, it becomes almost an impossible task. I mean, it's not really impossible. It's kind of like, you know, you, you still can use your discernment to, to figure things out. And certainly looking to people like Ioannidis is um, a good place to look. And the other people that we've mentioned here, like Robert Malone and yeah. So it's, the whole thing is, is a mess. Yeah, well, the the mainstream media and Twitter platforms, they'll hype up anyone who is a scientist or a doctor uh, who follows the mainstream narrative. And as soon as you step outside of that, you're an evil anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't know, like, um, if people are struggling with this, trying to find out what is really the truth, like how do they separate bad science from good science? Because a lot of these um, uh, studies that are being cited to promote mass or you know, effectiveness of certain treatments for COVID-19, a lot of those are like in vitro studies or based on models and things mm-hmm. like that. So it takes a lot of work to kind of sift through things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to find some trustworthy sources and look, you know, at different uh, aspects. Like one person might say something about mass efficacy and another person might say something totally opposite. But I think that a lot of the times it comes down to trusting your gut and looking at the bigger picture and just using some Mm -hmm. basic common sense. Like you don't have to read 10 scientific articles saying that wearing masks is not good for you. I mean, if you have a warm, (laughs) moist cloth on your face and you're wearing it for hours (laughs) every day, and this is not something that human beings has ever done on mass throughout the history of the world, then, you know, I don't need any expert to tell me that a mask is not a good idea, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I guess it's also who, who funds it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one thing I think is, is very clear is that uh, politicians will use whatever they can get their hands on to push their agenda. Uh, so usually when you have a politician up there talking about the science, uh, chances are it's it's not as rigorous as maybe a scientist would would want it to be. You know, it's very easy to, to cherry pick, especially, you know, talking about how much science is actually out there on COVID-19 at this point. Um, it Obviously, it would be very easy to cherry pick the findings that you like and get the, the perspective mm-hmm. that you want um, to, to push. And I think that when something is coming from a politician or somebody who is aligned, the mainstream media is very aligned with uh, a very particular political wing. So I think that those, you can, you can be pretty sure that whatever they're telling you is, is a slanted view. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be much better to get, you know, to, even at the very least to keep a skeptical eye on things. 
you know, don't just accept when a politician is up there telling you what the science says, um, because they undoubtedly have interests that don't necessarily uh, align with your own. And another red flag is whenever they tell you it's for your health and safety. I feel yeah. like that's a huge one. <laughs> Politicians are like, this is for your health and safety, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I'm wearing that wet, moist mask all the time. And then you look at like the, the Spanish flu and you realize like they were all wearing masks. You know, that's a big thing. People say, well, do you know they all wore masks during the Spanish flu and it prevented it. But then you you don't get the information that so many people died of like bacterial pneumonia from wearing the mask like that's kind of just left out of history a hundred percent you know so it's it's not easily dished out but i think people are just so traumatized that they're just being spoon-fed information and they kind of repeat it like that like you know, when somebody says to me, well, I trust the science that I know, like, okay, well, this conversation ends, you know, because <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no um, convincing those people they've, you know, it's, it's for also like mental stability. Like I just got to make it through my day. So I'm just going to trust the science. They tell me to wear the mask and get vaccinated. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the bottom line. Um one thing that Ianita said was that uh, about scientists, he said, many excellent scientists have had to silence themselves in this chaos. Their self-censorship has been a major loss for scientific investigation and public health efforts. And I think it's true. You know, if we had, you know, we mentioned a few that have spoken out, but there's many, many more mm-hmm. who, you know, kind of like I, I remember um McCullen, Dr. McCullen out of Texas had originally shared that he was giving the vaccine. He was going along with it until he started to notice some really deteriorating side effects. And then he came out, you know, so I think it's important. um, As Ianita says, my heroes are the many well-intentioned scientists who were abused, smeared and threatened during the pandemic. I respect all of them and suffer for what they went through, regardless of whether their scientific positions agreed or disagreed with mine. I suffer for and cherish even more those whose positions disagreed with mine. So as you both were saying, like it's important to have really rigorous arguments to come to a conclusion that could be scrapped at any time with new data, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think I, that, and that I think is why Ioannidis has so much integrity because he is willing to, he is willing to be completely disinterested and not fall in love with a particular theory and defend it no matter what comes up. You know, he seems to have embodied that um, scientific perspective. The idea that what the science shows is what it shows it's it's you know it, it doesn't lean in a political direction it doesn't care about your feelings it's it is the science is what it is and um i like i say i think that's why he has so much integrity and it's really um it was heartbreaking to hear him going on about how um what what's basically going on that the the, the scientific landscape is basically suffering so much under these political interests. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're in a crisis of science at the moment. I think that the whole pandemic has ripped 
rip the cover off of what was brewing under the surface for many, many years. I mean, this isn't new that there's a lot of corruption and palms being greased when it comes to medical research. Uh, we all know that big pharma is pretty evil and they're really showing <laughs> how evil they are nowadays. But I think that this crisis uh, it's kind of reaching a boiling point right now with COVID. And I think that there will be actually a great reset, but not in the way that Klaus Schwab wants. <laughs> I think that many, <laughs> many different uh, systems are going to be reset when all of this is over, like science, uh, health, medicine, education, lots of different um social institutions. Everything is going to have to be revamped and uh, hopefully it'll turn out for, for the better. But I think that um, with this, this clash in science, this politicization of science, I mean, you can't really go on like this. Like before COVID, it seemed like, okay, yeah, we know that science is corrupt and, you know, they're in it for the money and all that stuff. But these scientific facts, and I use that in quotation, are being thrust upon the entire world. And it's the, about the least scientific thing that comes out of science since yeah. science was invented, I guess. So it's being uh, pushed on all of these people, forced down their throats, basically, in a way. And it's all a lie. And it just can't continue. It's, everything's out of balance. So the balance... I guess the scale has to tip in the other direction eventually at some point, but um, yeah. And I do think they're actually doing a service by being so draconian and forceful about it mm -hmm. because people who would normally not really have an interest one way or another are seeing, you know, how ridiculous it gets. And I will say the, um, one thing that I find very interesting is this whole, you know, get your vaccine to not have to wear the mask. And now, yeah, where did that go? you know, yeah, now um, all these people that did that just for that now have to still wear the mask all the time. And um, I think that probably puts a little inkling in people's mind, like, well, wait, I did what the science told me to do and I went along with it and now I still have to wear the mask. So you're going to have these people that you would normally not have an interest in this topic mm -hmm. now because it's affected them personally. I mean, you know, I mean, fly anywhere. You got to wear a mask. It's a federal mandate, you know? And so people are like, well, wait a minute. I did what it was told and now I'm being punished. And, you know, yeah. so I think, I think they are doing, doing a service in that sense where, again, people who would normally be disinterested are all of a sudden kind of interested. And I think that's why we see social media just on crack with the propaganda. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big social media person, but I do peruse through there more out of fascination than anything else. The things yeah. that people write and share. And I'm just like, dear God. And, uh, you know, people say to me, well, you can unfollow that person. No, I find it fascinating. Yeah, people exactly. are telling you exactly where they're at and where their mindset is at. And, you know, the other day my husband said to me, well, you know, the unvaccinated are now being called plague rats. And I was like, <laughs> What? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, wow. Okay. So that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's,
it's a very sad state of affairs. I see your point, though, Erica. I mean, it does. It's kind of like the worse and worse it gets, the more and more people become aware of the situation, or at least recognize that the situation is not what they're being told, uh, which is the beginning, right? So yeah, yeah uh, in that sense, uh, maybe that's a way to kind of uh, keep keep uh, uh, keep your chin up. <laughs> it's kind of like I know it's getting bad, but. Uh, the worse it gets, the more people are mm-hmm. going to see. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of it. The karmic realization of like, well, I've believed in a lie. And what does it mean to undo that belief mm. system? As we know, it's not an easy task at all. And I think so many more people are looking for information and want you know, real information, but are having a very hard time finding it because as we've shared before, there's a disinformation campaign for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a sticky wicket, as I always say, very sticky wicket. Yeah. Especially like in the U S where it seems to be divided uh, amongst party lines. Like you have people who think that all the Democrats are pro-vaccine, all the Republican Trump supporters are anti-vaccine, and no one wants to be seen as a Republican Trump supporter. So they kind of censor themselves or stop themselves from looking into alternative viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, but at the very least, um, should never just blindly trust anything, let alone the science. But yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> The crazy thing is that Trump isn't even anti-vax. Trump's been promoting <laughs> vaccines. He's been saying, "Yeah, go get the vaccine." Yeah. So it, it doesn't. I mean, he started warp sense. speed for God's sake. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, it's the like, media has to have some something to blame. Somebody to point. Nicki the Minaj. At. Yeah. <laughs> Nicki Minaj is the new one. Oh, she's or, misleading um, all of her 22 million followers because she asked a question about vaccines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Or you got Eric Clapton, who got the jab and had some pretty serious side effects and now is actually talking about it. People are like, oh, my God, he's, you know. An anti-vaxxer. Terrible anti-vaxxer. Like, no, I got vaccinated. You're an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> but I got vaccinated. You're an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Or I will say Van Morrison coming out with a new album called Where Have All the Rebels Gone and getting just hated on by the L.A. Times for being an anti-Semite. Like, what does that have to do with the price of beans in China? I mean, really, like, I mean, he's not an (laughs) anti-Semite. Yeah. So you kind of just got to it's it's as Tiffany said, it's a clown show. It really is a clown show. And uh just got to take it all with a grain of salt, I guess, you know, don't watch too much TV because that's really where the fear is. You realize that when you see people watching endless TV, like, why are they so afraid of the unvaccinated? That's um, because they're being told that they're spreading the plague that, you know, it's not about liberties and freedoms. It's about safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So I don't know. Any other topics you guys want to hit on that? Yeah. Trust the I science. I guess all I, I'll say is science is trashed for the most part. I mean, there's still good scientists out there. People are doing real important research on things. But for the most part, as far as the, the 
popular culture, the more surfacey kind of uh, research is garbage. Yep. And, and it's constant. People, it's constantly changing too. Yeah, yeah. It contradicts itself from day to day. Exactly. From month to month. So. And it's interesting in this show because, you know, every week we try and kind of document what's happening. And, you know, you go back and, you know, Fauci says, oh, we don't need to wear masks. And no, we're not going to, you know, Biden says, we're not, I'm not going to do the vaccine passport. And here we are now remasking vaccine passports are on the table. I mean, it's it's you know, it's like people's memory of history is so limited um, that they don't realize that, you know, a year ago that these things were said that they were not going to happen and now they are. So, so what does that mean for decisions? And I don't know. I don't know. I know they won't get everyone though. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if there's nothing else, um, Getting close to our time here. Again, the uh, article, um, the one that John Ioannidis wrote, uh, for those that are interested, how the pandemic is changing the norms of science. That was written by John Ioannidis himself, carried on tablet on September 8th. Great information in there. And just keep an open mind. You know, it could change tomorrow. <laughs> so... <laughs> So thank you for my co-hosts and for Damien in the background doing all the tech support. Um, we hope to have a more interesting and maybe not COVID related topic coming up in the future, but who knows? We'll just yeah. make, it th make it through today, right? Long-term plan. So um, thank you all for listening in. Please like and share and support and uh, have a great day. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.